0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Bust bust, bust and loose baseball hosted by Grant Paulson and Toby Altizer, gives you in-depth analytics and interviews on everything baseball in the nation's capital. Now, here's your host, Grant Paulson and Toby Altizer.
0: Let's let people hear from Dejon Watson, the director of player development with the Nationals. Uh, here's how our conversation sounds. We are pumped to be joined on and Loose Baseball by Dejon Watson, who runs the Nats farm system. He's their director of player development. We've been talking about these prospects all year, and I wanted to wait till the end of the season to start bugging people who make the important decisions for the Nats to come on. They're still doing work, but the minor league campaign's have wrapped up, for the most part, at the levels around minor league baseball. Dijon, thank you for the time. We really appreciate it.
1: Grant, thanks for having me, man. It should be fun.
0: It was a uh, really productive year at the minor league level. So before we start diving in on some of the prospects and kind of getting into your gig, how would you feel about this season? You know, a lot was made about this system over the last couple of years. You guys have added a ton of talent, and it seems like that talent created some competition that really brought out the best in guys.
1: You know, it's been a really fun year, man, and uh, watching these young kids that we got from the year before, as well as the the kids we acquired this year's draft, and then starting to put them them on the same teams to compete with one another. It's been so fun watching them develop and grow as young men and players, and just watch them communicate with each other, because now they're starting to understand what this fight will be as they move forward and get closer to the big leagues to try and impact our major league club.
2: Yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts on some of the guys that have made it all the way to the big leagues? Like a guy like a Jacob Young that wasn't, he wasn't really that close when he starts in, you would think, Fredericksburg. And all, all of a sudden, at the end of the year, he's up with the big league club. So what's that been like for the system to see some of these guys that were far down the system get all the way to the majors? And then some of the guys that, like a Jake Irvin, he gets up to the big leagues. And Grant and I talked and we're like, maybe he's a bullpen guy. And all of a sudden, he's sticking in the rotation. He's surprising a lot of people.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's really, you know, it's a testament to hard work that the kids are putting in and also a testament to the to our, our our staff on the development side, our pitching coaches from level to level, our hitting coaches from level to level, our, our R&D team. We've put in a lot of work as well as sharing information with these guys on, on really understanding where their stuff plays, how their swings work. So we've been putting a lot of work with these guys on the backside of this thing. Uh, JY, his skill set is just one of those unique skills, right? He can really run and defend. Those will be the the, main, the things that kind of jump off the off the board for you. And when you see a guy like him, once he starts to get the ball off the ground with his swing and starts line drives in the gaps, there's no telling when that guy will get there or how quickly he can get there. It's just really about the opportunity. And uh, I think we had the opportunity. And, and again, we had just drafted Cruz. And he was killing the 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 Freddy that, that league down there in Fredericksburg. And I was like, I need to push this guy to get him to where he really will see some real competition so I can get him prepared for this upcoming winter. So he'll know what he'll need to do this offseason and understand the fight when he when he comes back in for, for 24. And so with that move of pushing him up, it allowed me to push JY to AAA. Uh and then there was just a need at the right time, right? And that's what I, I we try to preach to these young men down here. In Instructionally, you just never know when that opportunity is gonna come. And we have to try and take advantage of every single day to try and get us closer to becoming that major league player and how do we finish it off and what are the areas we're trying to address with them. And, and these kids have been so open and receptive to, to the communication and the dialogue that we're having with them. Uh, we've, the last two years, we've tried to condense down our, our, our working groups, especially down here in instructional league to really narrow down on their overall skills, right. And what they need to, to kind of finish off that make them more viable. And again, try to earn that manager's trust. And when they, when I was, when I said earn that trust, Davey has to be comfortable knowing that if he puts you in that lineup, you're going to go out there and grind out those at-bats, play great defense, know which bases to throw through, run the bases, you know, appropriately. And we're trying to make sure, again, we're playing fundamentally sound baseball every single day, man. So it's been uh, been fun working with these young men. It's been fun working with the coaches and getting them to buy into how we're trying to establish and create this culture of how we want to play our brand of baseball. And, again, we're trying to, you know, go hard 90 every single day. We're playing hard. We have some young kids that we just acquired here in the organization. These guys all run, man. They're all solid average to above average runners, all of our outfields. We have 12 outfielders here that can, that are going to be fun to watch over the next couple of years here. So it'll be fun. I'm sorry I'm rambling on, but I get excited when I start talking about these players in-house.
0: Well, we love hearing it. Dejon Watson with us here on BLV. So this isn't the best form of question, but I'm going to make some observations, and I just want you to kind of agree, disagree, react, go wherever you want sure. with it. But it feels to me like a lot of the guys that got to the show this year are not like the blue chippers that are coming right that the elite players in your system so to speak according to the prospect industry which is not always right but Mm -hmm. the guys that really have a chance to be superstars we're talking about dylan cruz and james wood and brady house those top of the board picks they're still coming and you guys had them all in one lineup which i want to talk about which was awesome but to get to see some players that i always liked and thought were underrated jake irvin and jake aloo's just scrappy as hell and uh, Jacob Young, who's, I mean, who you watch that guy play once and you're not hooked. I don't know what to tell you, but like, it it just seemed to me like the, the, maybe the second level of your system kind of got there first. It just so happened they were closer. And a lot of those guys, I don't want to say they overachieved, but they kind of held their own. And and I guess what I'm wondering is like, you've got to have ideas in the back of your mind of what you view a player as maybe, Mm -hmm. how do they go about changing that? In other words, like, You know, maybe when you're a first division team again winning titles, Jacob Young might be a fourth outfielder. But yet that guy's good enough that he could be Adam Eaton, too. He could be like a five-plus win, awesome defensive player who flies on the base paths. So, like, do you just kind of leave it all open to them? Or, like, how does that work in terms of I got guys coming, but you're still going to dictate terms on, like, what you are eventually. In the case of, say, Jake Irvin, who we thought back end or bullpen, and then you, you watch him enough and you go, Maybe there's actually a starter in here. Like, this is interesting.
1: Yeah. Um, I I think ultimately it's it's, it's Riz's call on on how he wants to build out that club. My job and goal is to get these guys ready to be major leaguers and and championship-caliber major leaguers. And when they have a need, I make my suggestions to Riz and to Davey, and then they will make the call on the players that they want to put on that club and with whom they feel fits best. I I will definitely, um, you know, give them my reasoning for, for how I see player X, uh, but yeah, we do have some really talented young players in our system. Um, I, I do believe Jy has a chance to be an everyday player. Uh, we do have some young really exciting players behind them that are gonna be banging on that door, not knocking on, they're gonna be banging on that door. Uh, I mean, James Wood, I mean it, it, this guy, you can just go ahead and book it right today. He's gonna be 30 and 100 when he gets there and and he's gonna hit you I, I think he's gonna be in that 275 to or above. and he's once he settles in and continues to grow his strike zone awareness, he's gonna be a really fun player to watch Cruz. I'm still getting a feel for Cruzy. I think he's definitely going to be a big leaguer force. So, both of those guys, man, they have upside tools and they can play the game. And they play the game the right way. Dylan Lyle, another kid who was in Fredericksburg who went to Wilmington. This dude can flat out rake. Just, just keep an eye on it. Um, and, and Pinckney, no one even talks about this cat. This dude may be the fastest guy in the organization. Line drive gap strength, tremendous routes and, and arm. Uh, he's gonna be fun so it's like the competition because if once they get there i mean if they're playing exceptionally well well, why are we gonna make a move you have to make someone make that move so that is our job down here is to make these boys be be so talented that they're not not knocking on the door we're banging on the door making someone have to create space for them and that's our goal is to get these guys ready to go out and compete every single day and to help our major league club and when they get there don't go there and just Kind of, you know, blend in. We're going to, to, to be impactful and play the game the right way and and help those clubs win on a nightly basis.
0: So I think the best thing we could do to, to get intel for our listeners and, and just to, you know, your, get your time and, and, and use you as resources to go through some of these guys as many as we can in the system. You mentioned Wood. So getting to see him as much as I have, I'm blown away by him. Size, speed that doesn't really exist. You mentioned 30 and 100 in the big leagues. Guy had 26 bombs in the minors this year, playing a lot of games at Harrisburg and Wilmington. It's a show. Yeah, yeah. The one question I would have about him is his strikeout rate was up to 37%. Yep. And I've seen him enough to see that a lot of those strikeouts are like full counts and good at bats. Mm-hmm. But I am curious, like that's a higher number than I would have expected. What's yes. your take on that? And how do how do you kind of knock that down to say 28% or something.
1: I think, you know, for me, it was a great learning experience for the player, right? Number one, because he's never been pitched the way he's been pitched. So now he's understanding how they're going to attack it moving forward. I do foresee that number coming down next year. Uh, and it was more of a North South thing. They were, they were, they were kind of giving him some elevated heaters that he may expand or chase with. And they were trying to finish him down and in with soft stuff and breaking stuff down and in. And that's just a discipline, you know, uh, that I think he has in his approach and in his mindset, um, if you watch him against left-handed pitching, the way he managed those at-bats against lefties, it, it tells you that there's something different in his overall approach. So, again, I'm not overly concerned. He's 20 years old, just turned 21 last day of the season. Uh, I think he's in a really good place, and he still has room for growth. Uh, I think, this, again, th- th- as he continues to see more pitchers and understand, again, how he's being attacked, and he will recognize and be able to apply his offensive plan to them. And You also have to remember these these – umpires I'm not trying to throw anybody in the bus here again the double-a umpiring and before a guy his size in the strike zone it's really kind of difficult for them to be consistent with him from ballpark to ballpark and umpire to umpire so again those things do play into it this guy's really disciplined he understands his zone really well Uh, I think he's going to be fine I really do and I think I I think you'll see those numbers come down
2: a lot of people were fired up when the Nationals had the opportunity to take Dylan Cruz at number two overall a guy that's You know, won the Golden Spikes Award, obviously crazy numbers in the SEC. You haven't had the longest time to get to know him, but what are your initial thoughts been, and what was some of the thought process of going from A ball to double A to get him some of that extra work and improved competition?
1: Right. I got a chance to see him, uh, I would say maybe eight to ten games, you know, once we got him in the fold here. And he was so dominant in Freddie, uh, the way he managed the strike zone. His routes and jumps were fine there in center field and covered some ground. Uh, his ability to run the bases, first and third, his first to third, his ideas and seeing the plays in front of him, he was really aggressive on the bases. Um, I thought that really for me the biggest thing was the bat quality that he was putting together in Freddie, that I thought he needed to see a little bit more advanced pitching and 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 in order to get him prepared uh, for for what's in front of him, getting the double A as quickly as we could, so he could start getting his gauges set on how these guys are going to be coming at him with that quality stuff on an everyday basis. Once they get to double-A, I mean, that is like the jump-off point for all of these players, right? Because that's that's a real separator for, I think, the, the men from the boys because the pitching is so much better. Uh, Their they're secondary stuff, they're able to command it, and they, they just start controlling and commanding the plate a lot better than double-A double a league. So for me, getting him there as quick as we could for him to get some – again, get recognition of what he needs to work on in the offseason, I thought was really important. So I think he's going to be fine. He'll come back into camp and be ready to you know, get, get going again in, in twenty four.
0: Uh, we'll keep it moving with some of the top guys in the system. I was talking to a scout, um, you know, this has been a couple months ago now, and, and they were talking about Brady house's season. And they said, I, I really, first of all, they, they were like, this dude is th- the best prospect no one talks about at that time. But they're like, the thing for me, I want to see is more hit tool than power. Cause yeah, you can watch him take BP once and know that he has the power. And it's yeah. interesting. Cause he, I say only, but he hit 12 homers this year. But the guy had a 900 OPS almost, and he, you know, he hit for average. which yes. He hit 312. Yes. I would imagine you guys are elated because like, the power you don't worry about with him. It's the other stuff you wanted to see him do, and he did it. So wh- where are you at on House?
1: I'm, I'm a huge House fan. What a great young man. I mean, he's been working his tail off, just really trying to make sure. Our goal was really taking care of him, getting him through a full season. He had never played a full season, so my goal was to make sure he made it through this season healthy, Upright and competing his butt off, and he did everything we asked him to do. He worked hard every single day. Uh, and he came out and he showed out. Um, and he was 19 in double-A to start the, you know, when he got there, uh, made, made tremendous adjustments and, and pitch recognition improved. And he was managing advanced pitching. And that's all you're asking for. So when able to get him there and he was hitting for average, and I in the back of my mind is like, man, where's this boy's power? I know it's in there. It's just it's gonna, it's gonna come. And, and for me to see him hit a ball oppo for Homer and to pull one in the left center field, I was like, OK, he's going to be just fine. And um, he continues to, man, the transition from shortstop to third base for me was the bigger coup for me. Um, the way he manned up and played third base. And if you watch him now, it, it just it just puts a big old Kool-Aid smile on your face, man, because he's, he's enjoying himself. He's playing hard. And he gets it, and he and he just you know he he's really passionate about his craft, and and he wants to get better every single day. So I'm really excited about him and and the future for him. He's going to be an impact player, an impact bat for us, and he's going to drive some baseballs. and The power will definitely be there. I think he's going to play you know solid average to plus uh, once he gets into his man strength. He doesn't really need to get into any more strength, but as he gets into his man body and understands how to, how he's being attacked, he's going to wear people out.
2: When you mentioned his health for a lot of publications, he dropped out of the top 100 prospects. And at the end of this season, now he's (laughs) back squarely inside, right? How much of last year's struggles and what people were attributing to maybe a little bit of a fall off were due to the injuries. And then this season, how did you manage
1: trying to get him through the full season? I don't know if, you know, again, what what happened last year other than he he came into the training room and, and told me he was having some some issues with his back. Um, and when it started, it, it was again, I don't know if that was the, it was the issue at that particular time, but he was getting a ton of breaking balls in Freddie uh, when we started to see a dip off a little bit and then we were trying to make some swing adjustments so he could offset how he was being pitched. Um, so to say one led to the other, I, I can't can't answer that. Um, but but I think you know the biggest thing for him is, is understanding how to care for himself and taking care of his his, his lower core. Uh, And he's done an unbelievable job and he stayed with the entire year as well as leading from spring training coming into the season. So I think that'll be the biggest thing for this young man is making sure he stays with his programs and the programs that we have put in place for him. Uh, He'll come back next year and be ready to do the same things, if not greater. Excited for him.
0: We talk a lot about Dylan Cruz Mm-hmm. John, but what you guys seem to have pulled off here, at pick number 40 with Yo-Yo Morales, and then in the fourth <laughs> round with Pinkney. this is a coup. Now, yes. You guys have been knocked around a bit for a while here between the draft and development, and it seems like you guys, the floodgates have opened a little bit over a- the last few months. I know it's early, yes. but uh, and I don't want to overreact to a small sample, but I got to see both of those guys, and it, it looks right. Um, just give us a thought on maybe, number one, if you were impressed with, you know, maybe more so. Like, did did they blow you away a little bit? Did you think they'd finish in double A? Uh, one guy, obviously in in the SEC, played great competition in Pinkney. I think he was three for three with a bolt against Skeens. Yeah, he's done it against some good competition. But mm-hmm. uh, but man, Morales, we saw him make a couple of incredible plays when Toby and I were down in Fredericksburg. <laughs> and I know you, you. Who knows if he ends up there with Brady House? But dude's an athlete. Uh, just give us some thoughts on those two guys in the draft.
1: Sure, Yo-Yo, man, it was is really a talented player. Uh, He just wants to be in a lineup first and foremost. What I love about this young man is that he has an unbelievable clock at third base uh, and in the batter's box. And it seemed like the, every, every challenge when we pushed him up a level, his approach got even tighter. We pushed him up double a again, managed the strike zone, stayed, stayed with himself in the swing. The only thing he didn't do was hit a ball over the fence, which I'm not concerned with because I know there's power in there and it will come. Uh, But the way he handles himself, I was surprised with how fast he, you know, he's right at a borderline average to to maybe right at average runner for for me. Uh, But the base running instincts were good. He was aggressive on the bases and defensively. It's God, man, it's probably a six, if not better. I mean, the hands, the actions, the arm was probably a 65 could be a seven if you really like him. Um, But again, I think we just have to find a way to get them both in the lineup, him and Brady, you know, whether it be they're taking turns alternating at one corner or the other. But they're both really good. Uh, and I can see them both playing, you know, on the corner, um, either corner for a long time.
0: I was going to say, before you go to Pinkney, is there like how do you decide when or, or if is that's a risk call or your call? Let's just you guys I, don't really have a first baseman in the system or maybe you could move him to a left field or something. Or do you just wait? Like, is, is that that's a good problem to have, obviously. But when do you decide would it be sending a guy to the AFL and saying get reps there? How, how does that work exactly?
1: Well, again, you know, we, we played him at first base this year in double A. Yo yo. So so it's like we're you know, he's a baseball player, man. We just need to give him a glove and, and tell him to go out there and it's the biggest thing is getting that bat in the lineup. We have to grow his bat. The bat is what's gonna separate him and give him the best chance to play every day at the big leagues. And so for us, it's grow the bat. The defense we know is very good. We're not in a hurry to to say oh no you're a first baseman only no this guy's got skills he can play third base he has value at third base now if if Riz decides he wants to separate them and so they're both getting their reps at third base we have another guy by the name of Trey Lipscomb that also plays third base pretty freaking good so we, we have you know an abundance of players that play that particular position and our goal is to make sure we're raising them and getting them prepared to help our big league club in any way we can so um Again, these guys are real. All three of those dudes are so talented uh, I play in the p- position defensively. They all can swing the bat. They all bring some power to it. So it's a nice place to be in for us. And, and, again, I'm trying to build that collateral for Riz so that he has the leverage he will need as he continues to build out our championship club as we move it forward. So, again, we're in a good place. We're gathering talent. We're raising these guys. We're getting them prepared for the big leagues. Uh, Lip, if you had seen him in big league camp, be hit like four – I don't know what the heck he had in spring training, but he was wearing it out. There was – I mean, we mean, guys in the camp like, hey man, they should take him. I was like, no, we they should not take him. He's gonna be fine. <laughs> be ready when they need him. But we're pushing, man. We're, we're pushing these young men and, and they're they're on their way. They're getting they're getting closer. And um what what I love about the group is that these guys are all great men, great teammates. They have some leadership to them. Um, I kind of talked about Pinckney a little bit earlier. Uh, again, we played him in right, played him in center. Uh, again, I didn't realize this guy, I mean, almost like maybe three or 4% body fat. It was like, it was like sick. I was like, what is going on with this guy? Just shredded." I stole all his body fat. (laughs) I mean, I've got some of it myself. Don't feel bad. Um, but this dude can do some things, man. When he hits a baseball in the right center field gap or to the pull side, they stay engaged. Um, and the run tool, and defense has all been, you know, fun to watch, man. This guy's got an unbelievable throwing arm, uh, and, and the tenacity in which he competes on a daily basis. And what I loved about him, him and, When he got to uh, Wilmington, he took Lyle under his wing. Lyle was kind of going through a little rough spot there. And he's like, come on, let's go to the Ks together. And they started working together. I'm like, man, okay, here we go. So these guys are getting it. uh, And they're getting, you know, how they're going to bring each other along in this journey of trying to grow this thing out to be something really special.
2: Yeah, I mean, to your point with Pinckney, when Grant and I went and saw the Fred Nats, it was Dylan Cruz debut. I mentioned to Grant, I was like, obviously, we're here to see Cruz and that's cool. I was like, this Pinckney guy's special. Like, that was the guy that popped for me, just seeing him as a physical specimen and what he is. And then seeing his baseball abilities was obviously really cool. We talk about this draft class a lot. We talk about Cruz. We talk about Yo-Yo. We talk about Pinckney. It seems like we never talk about Travis Socorro. What's it been like seeing him and then what's the plan for next year and kind of maybe what's a scouting report on what's the core is going to be
1: for the organization? if you're down here with me during instructionally, he's actually pitching day he's going two innings a day in this inter squad game so you'd have a chance to see it for yourself. but um, big strong young man about six six, uh, high three quarter slot, 95 to 97 so far what I've seen down here um, with a, with a good little split he has in there and then a, and a sweepy type slider that he has really good feel for that he can put on and off the plate. So really looking forward to to getting him rolling. Um, we're, we're talking about where he will break when we break camp next year. This kind of just internally. I'm not sure where that will be as of today, but let's see how the winter goes. Let's see how he comes into camp in January because uh, we'll have some strength camps. We'll have some pitchers camps, and we'll see where that is at that time. I'd like to see him finish up the year, At worst-case scenario, in Freddie. Uh, if, if he's going well, then he could end up in Wilmington. You just never know how this thing will play itself out. But looking forward to him getting out and competing against some other uniforms will be really nice.
2: A lot of people fell in love with Jamer Candelario at the big league level this year, and they were so excited to see what he could do. And mm-hmm. I think he surprised a lot of people. They end up moving him at the deadline for Hers and Mate. And I think what we've seen from DJ Hers so far has been fantastic since he's been in the organization. But can you give us an update on him and also what Kevin Mate has
1: been up to? Yeah, Hers is going to be going to the fall league force. Um, this guy's 92. Hers is 92 to 96. Uh, with, with some serious life at the top of the zone with his heater, above-average changeup, and, and a good, like, a, a, ser- a left-on-left slider. Obviously, the, those left-on-left relievers are no longer here, but this guy has starting stuff, and he has a chance to stay in the rotation. got some swing and miss to him, great makeup and character. Looking forward to this young man just continuing to push it. I can see him, you know, when it's all said and done, being a possibly a four, four starter, four or five easy. But he has upside to a three if we can, get, you know, continue to harness the command and, and get those walks down. The biggest thing is, you know, he's trying to, you know, he, he's chasing that punch out, so get him to understand we can just got to get it out. I think that will help him, you know, lo- limit some of those walks that he has in his game right now.
0: I don't know that this is a good comp in terms of stuff at all, but I view him a lot like I view Mitchell Parker. Um, those two guys are nasty stuff-wise. They,
1: they do stuff-wise, but they're not the same. This guy's
0: different. So, so you can break them down, but here here's my comp. In okay. other words, from the left side, Uh, everyone's saying they're going to be a reliever because of the walks. And my point is with both of those guys, they're good enough and the stuff's good enough that if they throw strikes, those guys are going to be legitimate starting pitchers. That's where I kind of link them together.
1: Yes. They both have a chance to be legitimate starters at the big league level. Um, And they both have some swing and miss. Uh, Their, their mix is a little bit different. Uh, One has a split. The other one has a straight change. Um, One has a spike curveball, The other one, and he's going to probably need to add another pitch to his mix to get him on the plate a little more consistently. Um, they're going to be – man, both of these guys, are, they're good-looking young left-handers, which you can never run away from left-handed pitching because there just is never enough. And and these guys tend to – they play this game a long time because they're coming from that porch side. So I'm excited for both of those guys. But but they do have – like Parker was up to 97. And even though he, he gave us some runs in Triple A, was up to 97.
2: So I'm curious because for the most part, I would say that this has been a very positive – season for the Nationals development but there's a couple of guys that maybe haven't reached the the level that people expected looking at Elijah Green and looking at Robert Hassel what do you think that has been up to this season what could you attribute that to and what do you want to see improve going from this season to next
1: all right well I think uh, let's be let's start with um, let's start with Elijah I thought you know this is his first year professional baseball and you have to understand, like, you know, coming from high school and IMG Academy, they're not facing this type of competition on an everyday basis. So for him, understanding how they're going to attack him and, and and understanding how to fight back and put together a quality of bat, those were all learned skills. And so he's learning that now. He's down here in Instruction League. I think he's in a really good place. From a defensive standpoint, the tools are there. He's running balls down. He's showing you the above average arm strength. He had 30 stolen bases. So he was walking. The strikeouts were 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 high for him, uh, but but again, he's going to always have strikeouts. That's just part of his package. He's going to be a power guy. The key is for us is to get him to touch it on a more consistent basis, and that's what we're working on re- right now. Is really trying to make him understand the approach and and help him get on time so he can attack those baseballs in the zone that he should be attacking. Um, for for uh, Hassel Robert, you know, he it had an up and down year. Um, I thought the the last. Month of the season, it was a lot more consistent with his offensive approach, staying in the middle of the diamond to the left center field gap, which is where his swing plays best, and him getting comfortable with who he is as a player and not trying to be someone that he's not. And those things all they take time for these young players, man. They, they take time for them to buy into understanding who they are. He's still like, was he twenty? Robert Hassel's twenty-one years old. This guy would be a junior. Come on, man. We're talking about you're, <laughs> you're visiting him as a big league, and I'm like, slow down. Dude, these guys are going to be fine, dude. Trust me. Elijah's nineteen. They will be fine. Just we're in the society where we all want it right now. He should be there right now because everyone should be as sexy as uh, what's the young fella for Baltimore, you know, uh, Holiday. Everyone wants he's not Holiday, man. This guy's skill set is different, his body type is different. Understanding how to play his game, they're all different, and they're, they're going to come at different times. So we just have to be patient. They're all, they, you know, especially with Elijah. Eliza has such electric tools, man. If you look at his hard hit baseballs and compare them not only in the minor in the big leagues, this dude is in the top five or, or six in the top in, in the game. So just we have to be patient with our expectations for him and understand that he's still learning how to play with, with his, this God-given ability.
0: The John Watson runs the Nat systems, done a banner job this year. Uh, we've kept you too long. I'll let you out on this. This will be quick, but okay. I always love asking guys this that run systems. I want you to give me the, like, don't forget about this guy kind of guy, you know, like, cause you, <laughs> you, you probably don't listen or watch anything in terms of rankings, but yeah. you got to bump into it every now and then and be like, Oh my God, these dudes don't know what they're talking about. That's every that's guy... often.
1: That's often that <laughs> I'm quite happen.
0: sure. <laughs> <laughs> but who is the guy either that you think people don't get wrong the most, or just like, why does no one acknowledge how good this guy is? Or or if you have a couple names.
1: I mean, we we didn't talk about Vaquero, the cowboy, who's who's really yeah. interesting. We didn't talk about Max Romero, a catcher we took, you know, from Miami, went to Vanderbilt, this left-handed hitter with big time power. I mean, I can go through a couple of other names. We got some arms in here that are interesting and intriguing. So uh, I will leave you with um, goodness. Who do I want to go with here? There's a, you didn't talk about Susana. How no, that's I, my dude too. My goodness, I'm going to leave you with young. Dude. Keep an eye on Luke Young. That would be one to keep an eye on. And, and that's another. a deeper cut, Luke Young. Yeah, yeah. And Lord, Brad Lord. Those would be the two. I would just interesting. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not running up the flagpole. But I'm telling you, just keep. It yeah.
0: All right. And you I know you, you like it quiet, and you're like, don't worry about that. Like you, you kind of like the idea of, of getting slept on a little bit. Yeah,
1: These, it's okay. Yeah, we're just gonna come punching your mouth. Yeah, you don't think we have any, but we're
0: here. We're here. Well, look at this year. You I mean, look at the conversation really a year ago to right now. It's impressive. Yeah. Dejon Watson with us on Bust and Loose Baseball. Thank you for the time. You guys, thank, thank
1: you. you. Appreciate the call. Let me join you. Have a good one.
0: Big thanks to Dejon Watson of the Nationals for joining us on Bust and Loose Baseball.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think you heard from that interview, Grant. I mean, we're going through player after player after player, and we talked about this a little bit at the start of the episode. You know, the depth of the system is just so much better now. And just as an example, it's not a perfect example, but it at least gives you some context. In 2021 for MLB Pipeline, the top prospects for the Nationals, number one was Cavalli, number two was Jackson Rutledge. 2022, Cavalli, Brady House, Cole Henry, Jackson Rutledge – Cavalli's still in the top five this year for them. Jackson Rutledge is all the way down to 13. And that's not because Jackson Rutledge has just fallen off. I mean, for the most part, they have similar grades this year as opposed to what they had last year.
0: I would say he's but- a better prospect now than he was then. I mean, it's been time, and he hasn't like taken off. But he's, he's coming off of a great finish last year and a good mm-hmm. year this year.
2: Yeah, and so the point is not that Jackson Rutledge has fallen off. The point is they've gotten more blue chippers, as you call them, into the organization. I mean... Guys like, obviously, Cruz and Wood and House are ahead of them. But you got Elijah Green, Daylon Lyle, Yo-Yo, Hassel, Vaccaro. Like, all these guys are in front of Jackson Rutledge when before there was no one in front of Jackson Rutledge. And so that's my point here. It's not to say that Jackson Rutledge fell off. But the point is that they've added more guys into the organization, and that's just the top guys. I mean, we talked about some guys with Dijon that – aren't necessarily ahead of Rutledge on the the prospect list, but a Trey Lipscomb. You know, those kind of guys are starting to make a difference for the organization as well. So the depth of the organization is so good. And maybe it's something we can ask Dejan the next time he's on. We talked about a little bit earlier, but just the competition of having all these guys play well. One, it gives you more tradable assets if Rizzo wants to make a move. But then, two, it makes each other better because you realize if I'm not producing, that does not I'm not going to get the call to the show before this guy. I have to go out there and work hard every single day and play well in order to get to that next level. And I think it's really good for the organization to have guys pushing each other at pretty much every single level of the minor leagues. And so to see all the guys get up to double A and be able to push each other down the stretch run of the season and assuming they're all going to start there next year, it's going to be really encouraging to see how quickly some of these guys can get to the bigs because it's not going to be real long, Grant. Uh,
0: you mentioned Lipscomb, third round pick out of Tennessee. Like that just didn't happen before, man. Like when we're talking about Pinkney in the fourth round, Lipscomb in the third round, some of the pictures I referenced down the board. Like that just they weren't turning those guys into really good prospects. And I don't know that that was player development versus not drafting the right guys. You know, it's a great debate. We could have it for hours. I don't know. There, there's no real answer. I mean, every team has been trying to figure that out since the beginning of time. The bottom line was they just it, they weren't getting success uh, from this whole process, and now they are, and uh, a lot of people deserve a lot of credit for it. So thanks to John for joining us. All right, we will be back. Busting loose baseball early next week. Please spread the word. If you got a buddy or a friend who uh, loves the Nats or cares about their system, I would say this is you know, a pretty good pod to send around and try to spread the word that this is what we do all the time here on BLB. Thanks for checking us out. We appreciate you, and enjoy Nats Baseball.